Welcome to the Valley Beit Midrash podcast, a program of Valley Beit Midrash, a global center of learning and action. We're bringing you the best in diverse, pluralistic Jewish wisdom, all with the goal of improving lives in our global community. I'm Rabbi Shmuley Yanklowitz. Let's get started. Thrilled to explore this very important topic respecting the elderly in our tradition. Rabbanit Sharona Halekman holds a BA in Judaic Studies from Stern College and an MS in Jewish Education from Azrieli Graduate School, Yeshiva University. Sharona was the first Orthodox woman to serve as a member of clergy as the first congregational intern and first Madricha Ruchanit at the Hebrew Institute of Riverdale in New York. After making Aliyah in 2004, Sharona founded Torah Riva Yerushalayim named after her beloved uh, grandmother of blessed memory, a nonprofit organization based in Jerusalem, which provides Torah study groups for students of all ages and backgrounds. Today, we're gonna explore, while the secular world may respect the elderly out of politeness or as a moral obligation, in Judaism, the Torah teaches us that we must observe the mitzvah of respecting the elderly. What does that entail? We're gonna find out now. Rabbi Nitalikman, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Um, this is a very important topic for me because I've been working with the elderly uh, for the past more, more than 25 years. Um, I started off as the uh, religious activities coordinator at the Hebrew Home for the Aged in Riverdale, where I ran religious programming and also intergenerational programming. And um, a lot of what my um, nonprofit organization does here is that we bring Torah study to the elderly that can't actually come out to a class, we bring uh, the Torah study to them. So although um, we often find that the elderly may be neglected and the topic may not be as exciting as um, some of the other uh, some of the other topics in social justice, I think that we'll find that's an extremely important topic that often goes uh, goes by the wayside, and um, and our elderly really do need um, do need the attention um, that we're going to be giving them. All the way back in the Torah and see um, where this mitzvah comes from. And it comes from Vayikra, it, it comes from the book of Leviticus, uh, where it says, Mi pnei So there's three different sections to this verse, okay? The first one is that you shall rise um, when you see a gray haired person, okay? And the second part is that you should show deference to an elderly person. And the third part is that you should fear God, I am God, okay? So um, I think that it was in the, in the old times, I think until pretty recently, it was, it was a known thing, right, throughout the world that you have to respect um, the elderly, right? And the families, a lot of times families live together, right? Children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, everybody lived in the same home. We still see this in Israel often in the Muslim community where um, very few Muslims are actually in the nursing homes. Most Muslims in Israel are taken care of by their families at home. They live in multi-generational multi homes. Um, but in most of the world, this has fallen by the wayside. A lot of elderly people now move into nursing homes or live or live on their own. Uh, but what we see is that um, it is that today youth is really admired and praised, right? We see, you know, somebody's hair is turning gray, they have to go and dye it, right? They don't want to look older, right? If they're getting wrinkles, they have to get cream, right? Everything to try to look younger, 
right? But in the older times, there was there was a sign of respect. If you looked older, that was great because people gave you more respect. So, so we're in a different place and we have to kind of move back to where we were in the biblical days. So in the biblical days, we see that if somebody had gray hair, right? That was already something that, that people should look at and say, wow, you know, this person is somebody that we need to respect. So the question is, is it just somebody that's older, right? Somebody with gray hair, or is it somebody that's a zaken? And we're going to see in a minute that a zaken doesn't mean just an old person, but a zaken was always somebody that was very knowledgeable, right? It may not have to do so much with age, although usually somebody's more knowledgeable the older that they get and the more that they learn. So it's already a given, right? We have to give a gray-haired person respect, we have to give a knowledgeable person respect, an older person respect, but what happens if we're in a time like today where, where youth is respected now more than, than the elderly are? We have to remember that we have to fear God. It's not just our idea, oh, this is a nice idea of social justice to give honor to the elderly. No, this is a commandment from God and God is watching. So even if you don't wanna do it, it's a commandment and you have to do it. Um, and um, we're gonna see in a minute that this, uh, this really plays out on the buses in Israel, those of you that may have been on a bus in Israel will know that this, this, this verse, part of this verse is actually hung up on, on, on the front of every bus in Israel, right? That, um, that when an elderly person gets on the bus, you're supposed to give up your seat, okay? And this, this is hoping that people will remember, uh, remember that it comes from the Torah and that'll push them to get out of their chair if they weren't planning on, but we'll get back to that in a minute. Okay, so now we're looking at the Talmud in Kiddushin 32b. Um, uh, it says in the verse that we just saw, Does that mean we should get up for every elderly person or even a regular elderly person? No, um, it's, it's, it's something different than just a seva, a gray-haired person. It's a zaken, an elderly person, a knowledgeable person. A zaken here means not just an older person, but a chacham, a, a smart person, a learned person. And where do we know this from? It says in Bamidbar, gather for me 70 people. What happened? Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, our leader, was having a big, big problem. What was the problem? He took on too much responsibility for himself. Anybody that ever ran a company knows that it's great at the beginning when it's small, but you have to delegate after a while. And Moshe was overwhelmed because there was too much work for him to do. And his father-in-law, Yitro, said to him, you know what? Why don't you get some help? Okay, so he's going to pick Shivim Skinim. Okay, that doesn't mean he's going to run into a nursing home and grab 70 guys that are there. Shivim Skinim, he has to take the best men that he can possibly get. Um, okay, so this means that it's not just take grab as any um, 70 elderly guys, but rather it's those that have chokhmah, that are learning. Okay, so what we see from here is Rabbi Yossi Galili is saying, you know what, who needs the respect? The ones that are learning. Okay, so let's look down now at the next source. If we go down the page, um, we're going to see uh, where this verse comes from. Uh, 
So God tells Moshe, gather together 70 elders, right? This is based on the advice that Yitro gave him. These are the elders and these are the, the, the leaders, the officers. So they're going to the tent of meeting and they're going to help him run, run the show. Okay, so what do we, so now we're going, if we go down a drop more, we're back in the Talmud and Kiddushin. This is the continuation of what we saw earlier. Um, so we saw earlier that Rabbi Yossi Hagalili said it should be the one that deserves honor is not just a regular elderly person, but a, a learned elderly person. But Isi ben Yehuda Omer, he's going to have a different idea. Any older person, anybody with gray hair, right? Anybody of retirement age um, is somebody that deserves our respect. And Rabbi Yochanan said, indeed, we follow Isi ben Yehuda. Every older person should be respected. And Rabbi Yochanan would even get up for an elderly uh, Aramean, okay? That means that he wasn't Jewish. It doesn't mean that it's only Jewish elderly that should be respected. No, every elderly person should be respected. And what did he say? What was his reason? How many adventures did this guy have, right? Any elderly person, any older person has gone through so much, right? They've been through so much already. They deserve respect just for that. It doesn't mean that they have to be uh, have a doctorate or, or, or be a Talmud scholar. All they need to do is have lived such a rich life. And that is something that we should look up to and give respect. Uh, and then the Gemara continues, we see different things that the different um, rabbis in the Talmud did to help out the elderly. So Abaye would extend his hand to the elders, right, so they could lean on him. He'd help them if they need to get up. Um, Rava Mishadar Shluche. Uh, Rava would send his agent to help out, right? So there's this idea. It doesn't mean that you personally have to go out of your way, but but find somebody that, that can help them out. Don't don't abandon them. Rav Nachman Mishadar Guzai. Amar I love Torah Kama Nachman Bar Ava Ika Bishuka. So he said, if not for the Torah, how many people named Nachman Bar Abba would, uh, would there be in the marketplace, okay? Um, so he said, I'm not permitted to treat my Torah study lightly by assisting them myself as I can perform the mitzvah through others. And I think that this is also an important, an important thing in this stage of the game where not everybody can always take care of an elderly relative or an elderly friend, but there's a way that we can help them out regardless, right? If we can't, managed to, to help them out at home. We can find them a proper nursing home. We can find them a proper aid. We can find them proper social activities to go to. We can arrange meals for meals on wheels for them, right? There's so much that we can do. It's not that, oh, I personally don't have time, so I'm exempt. No, we have to go out of our way to help them, even if it's not ourselves. And we see that the rabbis here were able to outsource, and that is part of honoring the elderly as well. It doesn't mean that everybody has to do it on their own. Of course, if you have time and you can go into a nursing home and volunteer when it's safe, um, when COVID isn't, uh, isn't um, making people not allowed into visiting nursing homes right now. But obviously when it's safe and there are things that we can do, right, even if you can't go in and visit, but leave a package at the door, leave a note at the door, leave artwork from the children in the local schools, right? All of these things are things that we can do um, even if we're not doing it ourselves, but we're outsourcing and we're bringing it and we're coordinating it.
Okay, so let's look at the continuation here. Um, okay, so we're saying when you see an elderly person, you have to get up and give them respect. In modern Israel, that would be you see them coming onto the bus, rush to give them your seat, okay? But what happens if somebody says, you know what, I'm just gonna close my eyes, right? I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sit on the bus and I'm gonna keep my eyes closed, okay? And that way I won't see them and I won't have to give them honor. Um, right? Are we talking about a Russia, right? Um, is this is this is this the villain that would be doing something like this? Okay, so we're not saying that we see the guy get on the bus and then we close our eyes because that would be really rude. But what if he closes his eyes the whole time, right? Does does them he didn't see him, so why should he have to get up for him? Um, Right, he didn't see him when he got on, right? So why should he get up for him? You have to get up and you have to fear God, right? Just because you're closing your eyes and the guy thinks you're sleeping, right? So he's not expecting you to get up doesn't mean that that's good enough because God sees that you're sleeping. And that's this thing in the back at the end of the pasuk, at the end of the verse, remember God is watching you. And you know, we see this today on the bus. We see somebody is reading a newspaper or they're reading their phone or they're reading a book and they have it covering their face. So, you know, oh, I didn't see, I didn't see the elderly person get up, right? That's not an excuse, right? And unfortunately, I mean, I remember being in Israel in the 70s and 80s and people really got up for the elderly. You really saw it. And today, unfortunately, you don't see it. You see other people telling people um, that they have to get up. It's not it's not what it's, it used to be. And I think a lot of that is that there's just not as much education as far as, as respecting the elderly. We have to bring back more education. We have to reteach these verses so that, um, that people know that this is unacceptable, right? These are the people. And when I, when I teach in nursing homes, senior centers, these are the people that founded the state of Israel, right? You're talking about people that are Holocaust survivors. You're talking about people that built up the land of Israel. You're talking about people that fought in the war of independence in all of the other wars. You're talking about people that, that left all kinds of countries where they were persecuted, Iran, Iraq, Morocco, you, you, you know, now we have the Aliyah in the last 25 years from, from Russia, from Ethiopia, from France, right? We really have um, a big mix and each of these people has such a story, right? And just, just like we saw in the Gemara, how many adventures did these people have, right? Just to go in and sit down with them and hear, you know, how they were able to bicycle from one place to another, which now is all built up with highways, right? It's just amazing. You hear about people that that made Aliyah, that didn't know any Hebrew and learned from scratch. I had one student, she, um, when it was election day, many election, we've had a lot of election days in Israel, but one, a long time ago, one of the election days, she said she can't vote because she doesn't know how to read or write, okay? Now this is somebody, she's illiterate in Hebrew. Um, she came from Turkey many, many years ago. Her Hebrew is fluent when she speaks, but she never uh, she never learned how to read or write. But these people are our heroes. These are the people that we really need to um, to learn from, to bring to bring the children in, to do in intergenerational activities, to, to really give these students an idea of why we, we need to respect them. Okay, so let's continue on to the next source. 
Um, so this is in Shemot, um, in the book of Exodus. Uh, this is the Ten Commandments. Um, many of you will be familiar with this. Honor your father and your mother, uh, that you may long endure on the land that the Lord your God is assigning to you. Okay, so here we see honor, um, and we see that the father is mentioned before the mother. Okay, now if we look at the next verse from Vayikra, if we go down just a little bit more, you shall revere, you shall, you shall uh, fear, really, your mother and your father. Okay, so it's interesting because in the Ten Commandments, we saw father was first, and here we see mother is first. So the question is, what is what is honor and what is fear? And why is the father first uh, uh, there and the mother first here? Uh, so we see in Kedushin, in the, in the, in the Gemara, what is fear and what is honor? And, and remember that fear, your ah is not fear like I'm afraid, like I'm in a scary movie, right? Fear is really awe, right? I'm just in awe of this, of, you know, of this person, right? I'm in awe of God. Right. When, when a teenager goes around and says, it's awesome. Right. They don't realize what they're saying. Right. Being in awe is just it's just an amazing experience. Um, uh, so Morah, the Gemara says Morah, lo omed b'mekomo. So if if we're uh, we're talking about um, yira of fear of awe, right, we wouldn't stand in his place, right? If you're in awe of somebody, right, you're you know you're going to visit the Queen of England, you're not going to stand in her place, right? You're going to be extremely extremely respectful. Um, right, you wouldn't sit in their chair. you wouldn't contradict them. you wouldn't try to um, to to choose sides. Um, now on the other, so that's all fear. Kibud, honor, is ma'achilu mashke, right, that you would give them food and drink. Mabish umechase, you would give them clothing. Machnis umotzi, and you would help them get in and help them get out. So we see that the, the mora, the fear, is a more spiritual, I guess, and the kavod is, is what really needs to be done. The honor is just, you know, tachlis, what, what has to be done. Okay, so let's continue down uh, to the next source here. Okay, so Rashi, uh, Rashi says, "Bahadarta um, can right that you should um, you should honor the the elderly." hidur? What is hidur? Right, and the word hadar, right? We know we have um, we have um, when somebody does a mitzvah, right? We want to do it hidur. We want to do it mahadrin. We want to do it super special, right? So that's um, that's even even the etrog is called hadar, right? Pre et hadar, the fruit of a beautiful tree, the fruit fruit of a citrus tree, this is actually something that's that's very special, okay? Um, so what is he do, or what is this specialness here? Lo yeshev komo, not sitting in his seat. Lo yistoratvarav, not contradicting. Yachol yadzim enav komoshe ra'uhu, right? He could close his eyes, like we said earlier. L'chach ne'amar v'yareta melokacha. Therefore, it must say in the verse, fear God. God knows what we're thinking. If I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm so tired, I have all these shopping bags, you know, I'd much rather read the newspaper right now. 
Um, I really don't feel like getting up. God knows what we're thinking, right? He's testing us. He wants us to specifically get up at that moment. He knows what we're thinking. And, and, um, and therefore, you know, if we, I, we say, oh, the lady didn't even see me. She didn't even notice there was a seat up here. No, you know, get, you know, get, get up, do the right thing because God is watching. Okay, let's continue to the next source. Okay, so we see in the Gemara in Kiddushin, Tane Avime Bre de Rabbi Abahu. Okay, so Avimi is the son of Rabbi Abahu. Yeshma Achila Viv Passione. Okay, so there was a special pheasant, a special type of a fancy bird uh, that somebody would feed their father, which we would think, wow, that's great honor, right? That person is such an amazing person. They bought them a I'm not going to say steak because Shmuley will be mad. So they, they bought them a fancy portobello mushroom. Okay. So, um, you know, we say, wow, what honor, right? Um, Vitor Doe, but you know what? They, uh, they actually got into big trouble. They were removed from the world to come. A person that gave such a fancy food to their father, instead of being rewarded, they were in trouble. We'll see they're in trouble for something else. Okay. Vyesh, Matrino Berechaim, and there, there is one who makes his father grind on the millstone. Let's continue down. We would think that that's such a horrible thing to make your father grind on the mill, millstone. But what is the Gemara saying? That son was able to receive reward in the world to come. So what we're seeing here is that um, is that there's something missing from the story. So what does Rashi tell us? The secret is in the Gemara in the Yerushalmi. Um, so it says, So the Gemara in the Yerushalmi is telling us what went on behind the scenes, okay? So this is the, the son that gave his father the important food, the fancy food. So the father said to him, Where did you get this fancy food from? What do you care, elderly person? Right, today when we say Saba, it means grandfather, right, in modern Hebrew, but really it meant older person, right? Older person, you know, gramps, what do you care, right? Tchun vochal, just chew it up and, and shut up, basically. Not, not very nice, not very nice. Klomar um, leus vochal, just chew it and, and eat. Hareu shekashelo. And now another story is uh, somebody, the son's job was to grind on a mill. Avayalo Abzakan, he had an older father. The king came looking for the father. He sent that he wants the father to come, right? Which could be bad news, right? That he the, the father could could be in danger. right? To work and very hard work for the king. Amarlo Bano, um, uh, Abba, Tron, you, he's, the son said to the father, Dad, you stay here and you grind at the mill. I'm going to go do the work for the king. Okay, so this was, this was, even though it sounded like the person giving the father the better food was a better story in the end, because he spoke to him in such a nasty way, right, just shut up and eat your food, right, that person did not deserve uh, the world to come. And the other hand, the son that specifically went to go and work for the king and, and, and let the father be, uh, even though he gave him a job of grinding, which wasn't easy, um, he helped save him and therefore he deserved uh, the next world. Um, so let's continue down. So sometimes, you know, it's not about, oh, you know, I bought my father this, you know, or whatever. So now I don't have anything to do with him, right? You have, you know, you have people like that, that do that with their parents that do that with their kids. You know, I bought them something, I'm Yotze, I, I, I'm free, 
I don't have to really respect them properly, right? It's not about what you buy them. It's about how you treat them. It's, it's how your, your mannerisms are, right? And I remember when I worked in the Hebrew home in Riverdale, they always called everybody, you know, Mr., Mrs., Dr., each, each of the residents, they didn't call them by their first name. They gave them respect, right? Every, every nurse, every aide, every doctor that came in, they always called them Mr., Mrs., and it was a very beautiful thing because it really showed, you know, a level, a level of respect. Okay, we see in the Midrash in uh, Tanhuma, Okay, if you remember, we saw the verse before about God telling uh, Moshe to get 70, um, 70 men to help him out. So, right, in the old days, and we still see this in... Um, in, in yeshivot, right, um, where a rabbi or an important person comes into the room and everybody stands up. Um, and I'll tell you something very interesting um, that my son, who just got married last week, when he uh, when he was in elementary school, Shimon Perez uh, was the president of Israel, and he came to the school every year. He picks a school to go to on the first day. So in my son's school, they picked uh, they actually picked his school to come on the first day. So. They wanted to make sure that the kids knew how to respect him properly. So they made the kids come. This is like hell for a child, okay? They made them come a day before school starts to practice, <laughs> to make sure that they knew how to give him respect. Um, but it was really, really, um, it was really a beautiful opportunity. And they actually said the blessing to him uh, that we say when you meet a king, okay? Um, so, um, so there's this idea that, you know, somebody important comes into the room, people have to know what they're supposed to do, right? How, how far away, right? If you see him crossing the street, you know, like, do you have to stand up? Is it only when he gets closer to you, right? These are all important parts of, of showing respect. Um, and, and, you know, in a lot of yeshivas, you'll have at any time a teacher comes in, the students will stand up. Um, how, how, um, how far away does he have to be before he respects him? So within four, four amot, four cubits. Because of the same verse that we saw. Also, he should, um, he should ask how he's doing also um, in that amount of space. The Ezehu Hidur, what is the Hidur that we talked about before? Shamarta Shamra Torah Hadarta Pnezakan, Shaloya Mod Bimkoma, right? We saw this earlier, don't stand in his place. Veloya has so terror, don't contradict him. Right. And this is also something, you know, um, a lot of times, um, and we'll see this a little bit later, but a lot of times when people are um, you know, getting forgetful, right? A lot of older people will forget things as time goes on. Um, of course, you know, much more complicated with dementia and Alzheimer's, but a lot of, um, you know, what we studied in pastoral counseling is just to be there for the person, just to, just to listen to them, just to, you know, to agree with them. You don't have to, you know, if they think they remembered something in some way, you don't have to start giving them a lecture, right? Just let them, let them speak, give them the respect uh, that they deserve. Don't, don't embarrass them. Um, low sotar drug, don't contradict them. Right? When, when he, uh, you ask a halacha, do it, do it in, 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 um, with fear, with awe. Right, don't jump to try to contradict your teacher, to 
try to contradict an only person because that is um, that is what somebody would call a rasha, a wicked person. Let's continue down. Um, right? If somebody acts that way, their studies will be forgotten. Ushnotav midikatz wrote, and they, their years will be shortened. Okay. Now this is kind of this happens a lot in the Gemara where where they try to. Um, they try to scare people into behaving themselves, right? You know, you don't do this, this is going to happen to you, right? Um, try to scare people. We, I, don't, I don't really like scare tactics, um, but here the idea is that they really think that it's so important that you don't, you don't contradict uh, an elderly person or a rabbi, and you don't, um, when, you're, when you're asking a question, you do it with respect. If you have an answer, if you do have an idea, you do see that they said something wrong, do it with respect, do it privately. Don't embarrass them. Uh, oh, wait, go one uh, drop back. The great. Uh, so they're, they're quoting um, Kohalat Ecclesiastes to say the reason why they won't have a long life. So you have to have fear of God um, or you won't have a long life. And, and we see that fear um, is not just about God here, but fear we saw moved into also the elderly and also into parents and also into teachers. So this is this is very important. Okay, let's continue down. Okay, um, so now we see the, the um, now we know that Abraham lived to 175, right? Which is pretty impressive. Um, it says, Abraham Okay, so Abraham is called Zaken, right? Which we saw earlier in the verse of Vahadar Chapnei Zaken. He's an el elderly person. Um, and he was advanced in years. And God blessed him with everything. Uh, so it says in Vayikra Rabba in the Midrash, the Midrash likes to take, you know, one or two words that, that appear in one place and then find another place to connect it. Devarcha pre Etzadar, if you remember earlier, I told you that the, the Etrog's real name is pre Etzadar, the fruit of a beautiful tree. Right now, why do we call it Etrog? That's Aramaic, okay? If, if the rabbis didn't teach us what it was, we would never know, right? Because you know, fruit of a beautiful tree, that could be a lot of things. You look in Israel, there's a lot of beautiful trees. In modern Hebrew, Hadar means citrus fruit, right? So we needed the rabbis in the Talmud to tell us that Hadar is, in fact, an etrog. Um, so, um, so it's Priyat Hadar, Ze Abraham. So Abraham is compared to an etrog. And we know that the etrog, the citron that we use on Sukkot when we shake the lulav of an etrog, it smells, it smells like the Garden of Eden, right? It may have even been the fruit um, of the, um, the fruit that Adam and Eve ate. Um, and if Shmuley invites me back another time, I can tell you all about the different fruits that it may have been and why. And it's, uh, it's really fascinating. So it's, but it's not an apple. That's, that's the, the, the main lesson here is not an apple. Possibly with an etro, right? It smelled so good. It looked so good. It, it drew them in, right? It, it was, it, they lusted after it. And I'll tell you, when I, when I pick up my little etro, Every year on Sukkot, I say, wow, this is something really special. This is beautiful. It smells great. It's beautiful. Um, and Avraham was like the Etro. God gave him right a long life. And what was really special about Avraham is that he, until 175, right, he he lived Bisevatova, right? When somebody passes away and they're over 100 years old, right? The obituary will usually say Bisevatova, right? Like how many people have that opportunity to live that long and also to live such a productive life, right? After, after Sarah, 
passed away, Abraham got remarried, he had more children, right? He did more things. Um, he really, he really had a very, very productive life. Uh, so because the, the word Hadar um, is used for the etrog priest, Hadar for the beautiful tree, and it's also um, used with, um, with um, Abraham, right, that he was a Zaken, and the, the Pasuk goes together, Hadarta and Zaken, right, are in the same in the same verse. Therefore, we see that Abraham was really super special, like the etrog. Okay, let's continue down. Um, okay, so we see in Kiddushin, uh, Rabbi Nehorai Omer, Meniach ani kol umanut v'chulei. Right, I set aside all the trades. Tanya Rabbi Nehorai Omer, Meniach ani kol umanut. Okay, so what's he going to talk about? Shabbat be'eni milamed ni elatorah. So he doesn't think that any other jobs, any other subjects to study are worthwhile. Only Torah. Shekolo manokon olam. Okay, so he's saying that anything else you study, it just stays with you in, in your childhood. You know, how many of you remember calculus? How many of you remember physics? They haven't gone into it as, as a subject, right? How many of you remember French conjugations, right? These things are like, okay, you study them for school and then they're finished, okay? Um, okay, let's continue uh, down. So they say, okay, so maybe you needed to study accounting to get a job in accounting, okay? Maybe you need to study law to get a job as a lawyer. But then when you're older and you're retired, right, what is it really going to do for you? Um, but Torah is totally different. He studies it as a child. And also when he's older, it gives him, it gives him strength. It gives him hope. Uh, when he's older. And I'll tell you, when I, when I teach um, the elderly, it's really, really amazing. You know, some people do have the background and did study as kids. And even if they have um, issues where they're, they're being forgetful, um, when they see, you know, the verses that they know in songs or in, in art, or they hear the stories that they remember from their youth, it comes back to them. And in Israel, we have, you know, a lot of people are not observant in Israel. We have a lot of Israelis that call themselves secular. But in the time when they went to school, when they were younger, um, the Tanakh, Torah study, was taken much more seriously in the Israel public school system back then. And these people knew their Torah really, really, really well. And then you have people that immigrated to Israel learned Hebrew and just decided to read through the Bible just for fun. Right? And they spent years and years just going through the Bible. So when they hear these stories, they know them. And what's interesting is sometimes I'll tell a story um, at a senior center and I'll, you know, I'll throw in a little bit of a midrash like we've been doing here today. You know, I showed you where the verses were. I showed you if there was a midrash or something from the Talmud, but I'll, I'll throw something in. I might not say, oh, and this comes from the Talmud. There's a man there and he will say, excuse me, that is not in the Torah. He knows exactly what's there and exactly what comes from the midrash. And these things all come back to them because the Torah has, has that special energy. Um, okay, so and, and where do we see it? It says in Yeshayahu, Bekabe Hashem Yachlifu Koach, Yalu Ever Kineshareen. Okay, so um, it says, They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Beziknu Tel Mahomer, what does it say in your old age? Od Yenuvun Beseba Deshenim Veraninim Yu, right? We sing this at, um, on, a fr on Friday night, right? That, um, that, 
you will once again, let's just move down a little bit. Um, it says here, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and riches. This is talking about the, uh, that Sadiq is like a Tamar, right? That a, um, a righteous person is like a palm tree. I see Leonard, looks like you have a palm tree in, in your back of your, uh, <laughs> of your picture there, right? Um, it, it, right, a palm tree will continue giving, um, giving um, the fruit. And actually we've had really interesting discoveries in Israel lately about the palm tree where, um, where they took a date from like 2000 years ago and they replanted it. And we got a, uh, an old time biblical palm tree uh, growing here um, on the way down to a lot. So there's a lot, a lot of stuff, uh, interesting stuff going on here. Um, but, but the tzaddikim, the, the older elders are often compared with the, uh, with the palm tree, it keeps giving its fruit. Okay, now we see the Mishnah in Avot. Elisha ben Avuyalmer, halomed yeled lemehodoma. So when when uh, you're learning, uh, when you're a child, um, what do you like? Lidiok tuvan niar chadash. You like ink written on uh, new paper. Today is Israel's uh, first day of school. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> we won't get quarantines and everybody sent home. But this is this is an exciting uh, reading for the first day. Avalomed zaken lemehodoma. Right? When, you, when, you're, when you're teaching an elderly person, right? When you're teaching a child, they're coming in with a fresh white notebook. They never learned anything before. But when you're teaching an elderly person, it's as if there was writing there that was erased and now it's coming back. And it's, it's so true. Um, Rabbi Yossi Bar Yehuda, Rabbi, Rabbi Yossi teaches, let's move down a little bit. He who learns from the, the children, uh, right from the younger teachers. Uh, so if you're learning from a young teacher, okay, and, um, you know, a young teacher can be great and can be really inspirational, but they will never have the life experience that an older person has. They, they just will not have that, right? They're like grape juice, okay? I like grape juice, right? I'm sure some of you like grape juice, but everybody likes wine better, right? Right? Grapes that are ripe and old wine, right? You can't compare that with new grapes and, and grape juice. Uh, right, you know the expression, don't judge a book by its cover, right? That goes all the way back here to prepare a vote, to uh, don't judge, uh, don't look at the bottle, but uh, look what's inside, right? You can have a new bottle, but it could have old stuff in it. And you can have an old one that doesn't have um, anything uh, new, right? And, and we really do learn from um, a tremendous amount from older people. When I'm teaching, I'm learning a tremendous amount from, from my students, just as I'm teaching them, they're teaching me. And, you know, of course you learn from kids too, but it's on a very, very different level. Okay, let's continue down. Um, okay, so we see the Mishnah in Kimim. Uh, Rabbi Shimon ben so he's very harsh here. He says, ignorant old people, the older they become, the more their intellect gets befuddled. As it is said, he removes the speech of men of trust and takes away the sense of the elders. Um, 
Bishishim, Chochma, Ve'orach Yamim Tuna. He says, on the contrary, the older they get, the more, if they study Torah, the more mind becomes composed. So it says, with aged men comes wisdom. Let's go down and drop. Um, and understanding in length of days. Okay, now I would, I would extend this a little bit further than just Torah study. And I would say that anybody that engages in intellectual study, right? You keep up, you know, there are people that keep up with the crossword puzzles um, and they feel that that keeps their mind going, right? It doesn't have to be Torah study. It could be something academic. It could be something, I, th I think it's more, I think he's more referring to somebody that's, that really is idle, right? You're just staring at the TV all day and you're not, doing anything active, I think that's, uh, that's where the issues are. But, you know, some people enjoy Torah, some people enjoy poetry, uh, some people enjoy physics, if you do, great. Um, okay, so it says in, in the Gemara and Brachot, Now this is really, really important because we have um, a growing, growing group of people in the world that have dementia and have Alzheimer's, we still don't have a cure. There may be some pills that slow things down slightly, but you know the whole world is working on a cure. We still don't have anything. We have, and and thank God, people are living longer. But people that cannot remember, they cannot remember. Some 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 uh, people with Alzheimer's cannot remember anything, or they can only remember if they're triggered by a song, by you know something totally random. Um, and some people may say, you know what, you know, why respect them? They won't know the difference, right? Why, why, you know, why bother talking to them? Why have a conversation? Why teach them Torah? Why, why do, why speak to them intellectually? Um, why bother playing music for them, right? But they don't understand, right, that they deserve our respect. And, and this is explained so well here, because what happened? Moshe came down from Mount Sinai the first time. What does he see? He sees the Jewish people worshiping the golden calf, right? He breaks the lucho, right? He breaks the, the Ten Commandments that he's carrying because they don't deserve this set yet. They don't deserve it. They're worshiping idols. It's, it's on the list uh, of, of the Ten Commandments. He breaks them, okay? But what do we do with them? We don't just throw them out. We don't just say, okay, you know what? They didn't deserve it. We'll put them in the garbage. No, these luchot, um, these first tablets were kept in the Aron. They were kept in the Ark with with the second with the second uh, set, and when they were brought to the Mishkan, they were all put there together. When they were brought to the Beit Hamikdash to the Temple, they were brought there together. If anybody saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, right, you see that whole story, right? They were supposed to be in there um, as well. So, so that is something we don't just dump out things that don't work out, right? Think of Shemot and Geniza, right? You have a Sidur. And, and, and it's, you know, thank God you've been praying from it for so many years that all the pages are falling out. We don't just throw it in the garbage, right? We bury it respectfully, right? That's just how we are. We treat things properly. And of course, um, you know, there's so much to say about this with, um, with the world today of really trying not to waste things, right? And uh, reuse things and renew and recycle and, you know, give, giving away clothing to, uh, to shops where, where you know, other people could use them uh, and not throwing things out. We, we're not a society of throwing things out, right? We believe, and certainly not, not throwing out people, right? Even if they may not remember now, right? We, we, we don't know who they are. They're not, they're not how they used to be. But, you know, just as we kept that set of Luko, the broken, uh, the broken tablets, so too should we, uh, should we treat everybody uh, with respect. Um, and the last uh, last source, uh, if we move down a drop more, you're going to see this in the High Holiday Davening. 
And Yom Kippur, don't cast me off in old age. When my strength fails, do not forsake me. We don't just say, okay, you know, 80 years old, right, we don't need you anymore. No, those are the people that were always the most respected because they knew the most, they've been around the longest, and we have to keep, uh, keep respecting them. And we were very lucky to have a good Knesset member a few years ago who unfortunately passed away, Uri Orbach. Um, and what he did was really putting the elderly first, right? He said, you know, let's make 10 shako movie theaters, right? Two and a half dollars. Let, let, let the people go on Tuesdays and, and, and if, they're, if they're senior citizens, let them see the movies. Let, let, the, let the kids from the schools go into the nursing homes. Let, the, let the, the elderly from the nursing homes go into the schools. Let the kids teach them computers. Let them take some classes together, right? He, he, he made a Shabbat called Behadarta based on the, the verse that we saw um, on Parshat Kedoshim, right? The first verse that we saw today. Um, when that Parsha comes up, he said, you know what, that's a Shabbat we have to dedicate to honoring the elderly. Let's give out roses before Shabbos. Let's give aliyahs to, to, to the elderly people. Let's, let's you know, give, give out gifts to them before Shabbat. Let's drop off gifts at their house. Let's do something for them. Let's put them on the map. Let the youth groups study about the importance of the elderly. And he was really an amazing person that unfortunately we lost. And he was way too young. He never even made it to becoming elderly, but even as a young person, um, and he, you know, he died young, so he will always, always be young, but he will always, um, we will always remember that he kept the elderly in the forefront. So we see here that we have a lot to do, right? We know how important the elderly are, but we have to spread that to others. We have to spread the love. We have to spread the warmth. We have to go into the nursing homes. If we can't get in because of COVID, we have to do what we can, whether it's calling, you know, a lot of the elderly people cannot, uh, are not hooked up to the internet. They're not hooked up. They don't have smartphones. They don't have computers. Um, and this is, you know, this is something that we forget about. We say, Yay, Zoom, everybody during COVID had Zoom. That whole population, they don't have Zoom. 95% of the population in the nursing homes do not have Zoom, do not have FaceTime, do not have that opportunity to link in with the rest of the world. They need the face-to-face -face contact. And I hope that you'll be my emissaries um, in Phoenix and throughout the world, bringing joy to the elderly, bringing respect to the elderly. Amen. I hope, to see, I hope to see you all in Jerusalem and I can take you into the nursing homes and we can visit everybody. Amazing, amazing. I'm sure there's questions. I, I wanna take the privilege of asking the first one. You know, I was inspired by this woman right when COVID started in Ireland um, that was in her nineties and there were limited ventilators and she chose to not accept one because they were so limited in, in order to save this child's life. And I was inspired by her self-sacrifice saying, I lived a long, full life, but I want this child to have a long, full life now. On the other hand, as Jews, we don't make that conclusion. We don't say someone who's older is less valuable just because they've lived. Um, we, in moral triage, we don't say, oh, we save the young over the old or the old over the young. But I wonder, how do you think about moral triage, like with the elderly in, in, um, in priority or not in priority with other populations? Are there cases where you could imagine we would choose the poor person over the elderly well-off or a family member over an elder non-relative. Non I mean, how do you think about triage? And like, what is the moral weight or halakhic weight to an elder within kind of various populations? Well, I think that it should be offered to the elderly first. If they don't want to be hooked up though, they don't have to be hooked up. In, in Jewish law, the issue is once you're hooked up, we can't take you off. So if somebody decides not to be hooked up, that's their right. 
but they deserve to be asked first. Also, you know, we've seen, um, you know, Knesset members that uh, there was just a Knesset member a couple of weeks ago and he, you know, he posted from the hospital, you know, you know, I was in really bad shape and I'm doing better. And then people wrote back, hi, you know, you're, you're a member of Knesset, you're a member of the parliament, of course, you're going to get the best possible care, right? What about the regular person, right? The head of, of Hatzala last year um, of the emergency ambulance, um, company in Israel, right? He um, he was in Florida, he was very, very sick. His name is Ellie Beer and uh, they treated him in Florida. Thank God they saved his life. That was when everybody thought that everybody that had COVID was gonna pass away. They saved his life that, you know, they put out all stops for him. He missed Passover, he woke up and um, he said, okay, are we ready for the Seder now? And then they were like, hello, like you just missed an entire month. <laughs> you missed Passover. So he celebrated Pesach Shani, right? In, in, the, in the Torah, it says that if you miss the first Pesach, you can bring the sacrifice on the second Pesach. He sat his whole family down when he got back to Tel Aviv. They did an entire Seder from start to finish on Pesach Shani one month later um, because you know he had so much appreciation, but of course he had so many people pulling for him in Florida, so many people that knew him. So the question is, can we make sure that people, you know, we pull for everybody, not, oh, he's a Knesset member, oh, he's the head of a medical organization. Um, so we still have to, uh, we have to start with the weaker, um, but if they want to decline, I think that we have to give them that right. Awesome, who else has a question here? Thank you, Rabini. Uh, I have a question. Uh, recently, we've seen here in the United States a rise in, uh, an ideal, uh, an, a set of ideals that uh, folks think that uh, respect should be earned and not given. What do you uh, have commentary on that based off of the text we just read? So, um, so what we saw, we saw that there was an argument in the Talmud between if somebody really is a is a chacham, right? If they're if they're a very learned person, or if they're just older, you know, Jewish or non-Jewish. And we saw that actually we go with the idea that if they're older right? If they made it to that age, they earned it, right? They already earned that. Obviously, if they're a criminal or whatever it is, that's a different story, right? But if they're a good person, even if they didn't, um, you know, even, even if they, they don't have a PhD and they, you know, they're not a doctor, they're not a lawyer, whatever it is, and they're not a millionaire, we can still, um, we can still give them, uh, they still deserve that respect because they've just been around so long. Right. You just think of people that, you know, there, there are people that um, that are over 100 years old that say we remember the Spanish flu. Right. How many of us even knew about the Spanish flu before COVID? Right. Most of us didn't hear about it. Then we hear about it. Now we say, oh, funny. Now we know. Right. But so many people died. That, right. They were through that. They were through the Depression. They've been through so many things. Um, so just that alone. Right. My, my Both of my grandmothers only graduated from high school, but they had so much you know, in those days to graduate from high school was huge, right? There's so much, you know, life experience that you can't even compare that. I think, you know, both of my grandfathers didn't even finish elementary school, but they had so much to give. Um, so it shouldn't, and now of course the whole world's turning over and people say, oh, skip school and just, you know, start a company like Facebook or something. <laughs> so we're moving, we're moving back to that. Uh, but it's really, you know, how much, how much they've lived and how much they've seen and how much they, they've experienced and how they made it uh, that far, that should that should be enough for us to respect them. It shouldn't matter race, religion, um, or or what degrees they have. Awesome. Who else has a question here? One of my questions is: once you're in the elder category, 
um, are there more senior elders as well? Meaning if you're 85, do you engage a 95-year-old differently than you should engage a 75-year-old, right? Like, are there, is there kind of a hierarchy even within kind of an, an elder camp? So you, you see that like it could be anywhere over age 65 that you could have a young 65 and an old 65, a young 95 and an old 95. I mean, I've had students that I would not have ever believed how old they were. I mean, I had a student whose father was best friends with Eliezer Ben Yehuda, the guy that, that rejuvenated modern Hebrew. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about um, somebody that was in her late 90s that she was from a totally different generation, but she, you would never have known that, right? And, and, um, and there, you know, so it just, it just really, it just totally uh, depends on the person. And you also have, you know, the more active elderly, you have the elderly that are working, you know, Rabbi Riskin, you know, he didn't want to retire. They tried to get him to retire. <laughs> uh, at 75, they said, it's enough. What, how can that be? Rabbi Riskin created the entire community of Efrat. Rabbi Riskin started so many schools. I mean, he wasn't ready to retire. You can't just retire somebody like that. People like that, and there are many, many rabbis like that, they live for continuing their work. You know, when somebody tells a rabbi, now you're emeritus, it's like the end of their life. They don't want to be just on the stationary but not working. They want to continue, you know, and continue. And um, they just raised actually the age of retirement for a couple of years in Israel um, because people aren't ready to retire yet. Oh, that's right. If you're a professor in Israel, they require you to stop, right? Yeah, they throw you out. They throw you out. They tried to do that with the rabbis of the cities, but with them, they kind of earned a few extra years. They kind of pushed it a little bit. But even then, after a couple of years, they said, that's it. We're not paying you anymore. But they would do it for free, you know, just to be part of it. Um, they would do it for free. I've got a million more questions, but I want to pause again to see if anyone else does. So what about what about in selecting for positions? You know, I, 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 I hear this both ways. I hear of rabbis who want jobs. And if they're a 50 year old rabbi, they can't get a job because everyone wants the, the 28 year old, the 30 year old who's going to be young and be able to roll on the ground with the preschoolers and, you know, attract the other 20s and 30s. So on one hand, I hear people wanting to select the younger candidate. And then I think back to the McCain Obama um, um, campaigns. And the consistent argument, oh, McCain has more experience, he's significantly older, we should choose the one with more experience, that matters more than a young zeitgeist. How do you think about kind of selecting people for positions based upon experience, based upon age or not? I think it totally depends on the community. I mean, where, when I started working with Rabbi Weiss, I was 24 years old, and here I am, you know, meeting with people and doing all kinds of stuff. But that's how Rabbi Weiss always worked. He always had all of the interns in the show were, were you know, really, really young. And because he was behind it, he was older and he was behind it, everybody in the show really respected us. It was a very, very special thing. But I don't think every community is ready. I mean, you know, the secretaries used to run around to add ah, this, this assistant rabbi looks like a bar mitzvah boy and that assistant rabbi looks like a bar mitzvah boy, <laughs> right? But um, in the end of the day, the congregants respected them because Rabbi Weiss was behind them. If somebody's going out on their own, the congregation really has to be ready for it. And some congregations are ready for a younger rabbi and some are not, you know, they want to say, you know, I want the rabbi to be older than me so I can look up to him and he should have more life experience. And, you know, other communities say, no, we want somebody young and energetic and dynamic. And that's why you have different communities. Um, and, you know, obviously in a show like the Hebrew Institute where you have many, many rabbis and rabbiniot, then you have room to hire different types of people. But if there's only going to be one rabbi, then it has to be 
you know, unanimous in the congregation that they have to choose what they want. Amazing. Friends, thank you so much for joining us. This has been great to learn from Rabbi Sharona Halakman. We hope to learn from her many more, many more, many more times if she's willing. Um, we also want to make a pitch that today at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, we're going to be learning with Dasi Berkowitz, also in Yerushalayim, teaching about her book, Becoming a Soulful Parent. So if you know anyone who's a young parent who wants to learn about becoming a more soulful parent, invite them to join us. Otherwise, Shana Tova, wishing everyone blessings for good health and strength. And we'll see you again soon. Thanks for having me. And either I'll see you on, on uh, Zoom or in Phoenix or in Yerushalayim, whatever comes first. Shana Tova. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Valley Beit Midrash podcast. Remember that you can join our email list at valleybeitmidrash.org to stay up to date on new programs, learning opportunities, and more ways to stay connected. If you enjoyed learning with us today, support our work by making a donation at valleybeitmidrash.org slash donate. Join us next time as we continue to work together to build a better world. Thanks for listening.